Welcome to the Paranormal Pendle podcast, coming to you from the heart of Pendle Witch Country in the northwest of England. My name is Craig Bryant, author, investigator, and collector of stories. Join me as we take a journey into the paranormal, UFO sightings, cryptozoology, and big cats. This is the Paranormal Pendle podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 20 of Paranormal Pendle, broadcasting to the Paranormal UK Radio Network at paukradio.com. So my guest on this episode, uh, and I'm delighted to welcome him, is artist, illustrator and author Ronald Kinsella. Um, and Ronald has written uh, numerous books, including the best-selling Digital Demon. Ronald, uh, of course, is an identical twin with his brother Philip, uh, and they co-host the Twin Souls podcast, which I believe uh, also goes out on PAUK Radio. So, uh, Ronald, thanks very much for joining me this evening. How are things with you? Yep, everything's fine, and it's a pleasure to be on your show, Craig. Um, if I sound exactly like Philip, don't be alarmed, <laughs> being twins that we are. <laughs> no, that's that's fine. I, I have to take your word for it that you are, in fact, Ronald, and, and you're not, and you're not <laughs> masquerading for a second week on the trot. But I had a, a really um, brilliant chat with Philip last week, so I'm, I'm sure that this week's going to be equally as, uh, as fascinating. Could I start by asking you the question that, that I ask all my guests? How did you... Um, become interested in in ufos uaps and you know basically anything weird how, how did it all start for you um it started much later in life because um i had a very bizarre uh, experience when i was 13 years old one with philip and myself with our maternal grandmother we had witnessed a silver sphere approaching us in their garden uh, in uh, middlesex uh, we used to stay there uh, for summer holidays and this sphere the size of a football approached from the rear of the garden and it hung over grandma's head and it wasn't a balloon uh, this was 1982 um, it seemed to exhibit a kind of sci-fi anti-gravity mechanism it didn't make any noise but i assumed it to be some kind of immediately i assumed it to be some kind of electronic eye because it was watching us it halted over her head it didn't move an inch for a while mm. and then it carried on so and then after that during the winter of that year i had the encounter with the doctors and it was only a single account from what i can remember mm. of them but they weren't as you probably guess real doctors okay um could you could you sort of go into that a little bit more then yeah i mean it's very interesting we can speak comfortably about it now mm. but back then when i was 13 years old and snatched by them uh it was a very different thing because one, as you've rightly said, I wasn't interested then. My my interest in the subject was dormant, mm. uh, non-existent, and it would have been had this not happened. Right. But uh, I was basically in my bed asleep. Philip and I shared a room. They were big rooms because we lived in a detached Victorian house. It didn't mean to say we were rich. It's just what we had. You know, it was a lovely big old house. Mm. Um, it could get very cold in there, but our room was huge. And I was taken up in a nutshell in the dead of night. I can't tell you what day it was. Um, I don't know the exact date because as a 
kid of 13, you're not going to record it. I never kept a diary. I was bone idle at school. I did try, but I was bone idle. Yeah. yeah. I was basically snatched through the ceiling and I entered something hanging over the house, something very dark. I couldn't discern what this shape was. Um, there was just something there. It was very huge and dark. Mm. And I entered this thing and I found myself in this kind of modern looking wheelchair. I think it was white. It certainly had a sterile fill in this room I had um, arrived in. Right. And I was seated in this modern kind of wheelchair. And I immediately noticed there were some figures ahead of me. There were three. Um, I refer to them as doctors. That's what they appeared to me as. They were armoured, uniformed, even their faces were covered. Okay. I think they were like the gas masks uh, the, in the World War II yeah. Um, yeah. soldiers used to wear, but they were much more modern. I just couldn't see their eyes. Right. Now, I was arrested. Uh, I couldn't move. Mm. People say paralysis. This is interesting. Mm. I, there was nothing. There was no. There was nothing restraining me. I just couldn't move up from the chair. I couldn't turn really to look. But these doctors are assumed or alleged doctors. The, there was one chief one behind me. I knew there was someone behind me, and I was right when he spoke. Mm. And you know the strange thing is, Craig, is that when he spoke, it was the Queen's English. Okay. I will. Rem I remember the very first thing he said. Now the narrative afterwards was similar to what I've written because I can't remember everything, you know, word for word. Mm. But the first mm. thing he said exactly was, "We are going to perform an operation on you, Ronald." Okay. Now when he said my name, I flinched because he knew who I was, but I didn't know who he was. Of course, yeah. And uh, it was very bizarre. The room I was in, I couldn't really see the right side of myself. I wasn't more focused on that, but the left I could see. Mm. It was kind of like a hospital environment to a degree. Mm. Um, the wall was curved. It was squat. Um, and there was a utensil uh, rack to my left. And I didn't really take much notice of it. It's amazing when you go back and you, you try and recall these details. I'm so pleased to note that I never embellish or colour them. Mm. It's, it's a terrible thing to do, you know, when you colour or embellish. So I'm not doing that. Yeah. yeah. There was yeah. something there. There was some utensil wreck. So it was a sterile environment. Now, I remember pleading and begging with this doctor I couldn't see. He was obviously in charge. Mm. And he said no. He, he said, this, this has to be done. He kept, they kept harping on about this operation. It has to be done. It is for your own good. And he said that, he promised me, he said to me, well, I, but I promise you, we will not harm you. Now, I trusted him to that. Mm. I don't know what caused me to trust him. They were an authority. They mm. appeared to be an authority. I was 13. I was frightened of police and doctors then. Mm. So, of course, I would obey them, albeit, you know, I'm hesitant and horrified in this bizarre mm. uh, environment. And th there's such sudden snatching of myself mm. in this thing. And then what he did, now this is very interesting. Um, from the utensil rack, he picked up a tool it was shaped like a pencil with a ball on the end a small ball so it's a nodule it was silver i think it was silver or a dull chrome mm. and what he did was he took my left hand now i wished i'd counted the fingers on his hand he was wearing gloves i never i didn't count them so you're not going to take note of these details when you're horrified about an operation and what he's doing 
Well, from behind, he took my left hand as if he's leaning over me mm. and he pressed this tool on the top of my left hand and bang, I went out like a light. I was dead to the world. Now, before I proceed to the last part of this, mm. what's interesting is I've never had an operation in my life. I'm medically ignorant. I've never been to doctors, but recently I had an operation mm. uh, on my prostate. They were looking for cancer. Yeah. And um, when they put the needles, our natural doctors, when yeah. they put the needles in my hand, it was in the left hand, exactly the same place where the unnatural doctor placed the nodule. I don't know if that has any relevance. I don't know, but I was quite astonished at that. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, after this alleged operation, they threw me out. Basically, I was dropped back down into my room. I went through the loft and I remembered being settled on my back i could feel the bump of the mattress as i landed very carefully on the bed and the next part of this is very bizarre in in fact it took me 30 years to try and work out some kind of explanation as to why they showed me this what they did was they projected on the ceiling i mean they were gone they they, they i had, i was ejected out of it so what they projected some kind of clever hologram or mirage or mental stimulation, something I don't know. It was a huge head of a Cheshire cat. Now this head was enormous. Mm. He took up most of the ceiling and he was grinning. Now our version of the Cheshire cat in fiction is horrifying enough. Mm. This representation by them was a monster. Mm. I mean, it was, I noticed it would look like it was made of water or liquid, it was quite that kind of feel. It was moving, but it wasn't really, it was like an illusion. Yeah. So he looked like he was moving, it was light. I gather a clever trick of photons. Mm. So he just stared down at me and then he went. And that's what kicked my interest in this much later. Now I tried to bury that incident. Mm. I only taught my brother Philip. Of course, at the time in the 1980s, even far back to the 70s, 60s, you know, and on even beyond that, you couldn't really talk about it. And I was wise not to at the time. Mm. It was very taboo, the subject. But the Cheshire Cat, now these strange doctors, this is what interested me about them, was the fact that, you know, if they were aliens, and we have to be very careful how we suggest that. Mm. Um, they're speaking the Queen's English. They're wrapped up to look like doctors. And they show me this Cheshire cat. It's absolutely crazy. Yeah. The cat, the cat, I believe, was basically, I reckon he was an insurance policy on their behalf. So that if I go and see a psychologist and say to him, doctor, you know, I've, I've, I've seen these doctors, these strange doctors, and they projected this Cheshire cat. And just say, hang on a minute, wait there. Alice in Wonderland, you really have been down the rabbit hole. You're just getting confused. Yeah. And the ironic yeah. thing is, I had seen Alice in Wonderland a few years prior to it. I wasn't really interested in Alice in Wonderland, but I had seen it. Mm. So these clever so-and-sos had used deception or some kind of mirage to make me believe they were an authority and that afterwards, mm. as a goodbye present, they presented me with the Cheshire Cat. It was all, it, it, it all was quite nasty. I'm not saying they were horrible, it's the way they did it. Mm. It must have been absolutely terrifying um, at such a young age. Yes, it, I, I didn't know much about aliens. I no. mean, as I said, it was taboo. It was flying saucers and things. We we laughed about them. Mm. But 
you can understand why I was so confused because it was only much later in life when we started investigating this that you find out that these things have a way of tricking people. Mm -hmm. They can appear as clowns, they can appear as uh, deceased relatives, they can appear as monkeys, even in the case of the lovely Terry, Love Terry Lovelace. Mm. Um, you know that they can they play with your mind. So they pluck these things out and use them against you. Now, mm. I have already had people suggesting that you do go down the road and saying it's silly paralysis. You know, were you high on drugs or is it something, you know, there's a mental imbalance. It was nothing, nothing of the sort. This happened. This occurred. And I had a lot of questions to ask after this when I had branched into the UFO phenomena, yeah. you know, about yeah. why is it that if they knocked me out prior to the operation mm. and they're so advanced, why didn't they just knock me out before taking me? It mm. would have saved all the horror, mm. you know? Yeah. And also when you said I was terrified, yes, I was, because after that I was frightened of the dark mm. and I propped books up against the door, even an old guitar. Ironically, even though they took me through the ceiling, I was a frightened. Mm. Oh, so that's entirely understandable. Um, it's interesting you talk about um, the Cheshire Cat, and, and obviously you said you'd, you'd seen Alice in Wonderland a couple of years earlier. I wonder yeah. if, if they had then obviously tapped into your memories, found this this memory that they thought would be uh, comforting to you at, at the end of the ordeal, um, and, and that's why that was presented to you in the way that it was. Yeah. Absolutely, Craig. I mean, I won't argue with that. I mean, I can't be sure no. as to the reasons. There was a reason. It might well have been that. I absolutely agree with you. One thing about me, I'm very, I'm, I hope I'm open to all forms of speculation. Mm. I've had people call me a liar. I've had people doubting the, my mental integrity, mm. but this thing happened. And what is comforting is that I don't lie. I wouldn't wish to pursue this unless this had happened. Um, and it, it, what it did was it opened up Pandora's box because you're now down the rabbit hole, aren't you? Yeah. You're yeah. seeing these strange things and, and, and you want to know what they are. But, you know, through all the research Philip and I have done, uh, through the questions we have asked, I have reached an opinion myself personally that these things are like shadows. They cannot be caught and they don't want to be caught. And the nasty thing about it is they leave no evidence or hardly any evidence at all. And there must be reason behind that. You know, we're dealing with a force. I won't say aliens, I will say a force because we don't know what they are. That is intelligent, superior, and has a way of dodging integrity. Yeah. Did you, um, did you notice any um, sort of physical uh, scars, for instance? Um, any evidence that um, an operation had, had been carried out where they'd, they'd obviously, you know, they'd, they'd broken the skin, for instance, or they'd, they'd cut into you or anything like that? Or, or did yeah. you not see any, any evidence at all of any physical damage? I saw no evidence. Now, prior to this operation, when he told me, the chief doctor told me that they were going to perform an operation, I, I don't know why, I assumed it was to do with the head. Right. Um, the brain, that's why I was terrified. I don't know why, it was just something I felt mm. they were going to do. I don't know what they were going to do. But um, it, uh, I had, what's interesting about this is after this, not directly after, but during school, and I was physically fit, I am physically fit, even now, even though I had a few problems, we all get them, you know, but 
I had a massive fit in school and what it was, it was in geography. I had these four massive striking pains down the middle of my head and I actually collapsed and fitted. Um, whether that is attributed to them, I don't know. I cannot say, you see, but I actually fitted and I'd never had a fit before or after. So whether they had done something, uh, you know, and then we go on to question, we know that we've heard of the stories of them chipping people, mm. you know, basically yeah. uh, to act as they are like uh, transmitters mm. so they can hone in on us. Um, but why would they put it in somewhere so precarious? Why would they stick it in somewhere that could, is, you know, life and death? If you tamper with the brain, uh, you, you're, you're asking for trouble. And many people have them put them in their wrists or, you know, their, their, their thighs. You know, so I don't know. I don't know what they did. I mean, this is this 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 leaves me with a complete and utter question mark, a blank as to why they did it. But what I have figured out doing this research, and to the good people in the UFO community, a lot of them, is the fact that the the doctors were not real. What I mean by that is it was something else behind them. This is a common trait of this force that is able to, as we said, change faces mm. as swiftly as they are to change the shapes and forms of their ships, although I didn't see what it was above the house. Right. So were they were they humanoid um, in in appearance then, even though you said they had sort of like armor on and, and like these sort of gas masks and everything? I mean, did were they basically the same as us, body, two arms, two legs, torso, head? <laughs> Yes, yeah. yes, they were. The, the chief doctor, I couldn't see him. Right. Uh, I only saw his hands, but I didn't take much note of them. He, they were gloved. Um, the three ahead of me uh, were uh, completely covered. Uh, they didn't speak at all. They were just like waiting. I guess this one behind me was in charge um, uh, until he placed the nodule on my hand. I, I, I just blanked out and that was it. I saw no more of them. Um, but they were humanoid, yes. Yeah. Uh, do, do, do you still, I mean, do you have nightmares about it, Ronald? Do you, um, you know, do you have panic attacks or anything like that? Or is it is it something that, that you've managed to sort of reconcile yourself that, that this happened and, it, and it's a mystery? Um, or, yeah. or, or is it something that's still really... Yeah, it's frightened the right word because it sounds like an absolutely terrifying experience. Um, and yes. for, a, for a 13 year old boy, um, I mean, I remember what I was like at 13, I, I would have been absolutely utterly terrified. So, is it, is, is it something that, that you think has changed you in the long term? Um, yeah, yeah, um, I, I would say that it, I mean, at the time it terrified me. Mm. I mean, I placed books against the door, guitar, a guitar. Um, it, as I said, ironically, they took me up. But I, of course, I didn't understand that. Mm. And I also used to shove books up my back, hardback books. So I was afraid of someone uh, stabbing me. Oh. Uh, it screwed me up big time. Mm. One of my friends, an artist friend of mine, Neil Geddes Ward, he did make me laugh um, recently. Um, he said, perhaps you put the books up there to weigh you down so that when they use their tractor beam or whatever <laughs> they might be unsuccessful um good it's nice to have tongue in cheek you know it's nice to have a laugh but no it was terrifying i didn't have nightmares right um after that i i guess i i just pushed it to the back of my mind but at the time i was terrified of them 
seeing them again mm. even though they weren't nasty the way they did it was i mean it, it's basically as philip mental i mean he's a mentor of mine and phillips he's our publisher mm. he published my book he's a wonderful man he wrote a book called uh, without consent what well, i think that just sums it up quite beautifully doesn't it without consent you're snatched yeah. without consent yeah. now i did wonder about these alleged doctors although i now suspect they weren't really what they were mm. is that is it possible that if they had put something in me a tracking device is it is it possible that that's why i have been seeing these ufos philip and i have been seeing these ufos every two or three years i haven't seen them again but i've seen the ufos every two or three years we see something uh is it possible that what they're doing um, and I said this is quite alarming, what I uh, assumed was like, if they put these things in us, now we assume them to be trackers, don't we? Yeah. But what, what if we go a step further, and this is frightening, what if it's like something from the invaders, what I'm going to say now, is that what they can do is use these things to actually act as their eyes and ears, basically they can see everything we see. And they can hear everything we can hear using these things. Now, wouldn't that be very disturbing? It's only a hypothesis. <laughs> yeah, it's only a hypothesis. But yeah. you know, the, the thing with this subject, this is what I found, Craig, mm. as, as as we delve down the rabbit hole, is the fact that you will have a lot of people with opinions. That's fine, as long as you're not tunnel visioned. I am not. I'm open to all forms of speculation. You know, you have those who say that they are adamant they are aliens and from the Pleiades or mm. from the Draconian star system. I don't know, we've got no proof, but when they're settled on that, or even time travelers from the future, mm. albeit slightly different, there's no proof. I can't prove to anyone that the doctors were real. I have no proof. So they can't give us proof of their own beliefs. So is it, we're at loggerheads. So I think it's best if we keep an open mind to everything, whether they might even be the dead. Now, if I've, I've actually mentioned this in my book, The Digital Demon. It, is it possible that what we're dealing with is the dead who has taken on this fanciful guise that attracts us, a flying saucers and this alien presence, and they've copied it so that we're, we have, we're cushioned by some kind of model, some kind of um, geography to it all, you know, so that they can infiltrate us that way. I and mean, it's quite possible, but highly unlikely, but it's possible. Yeah, well, every possibility is possible, isn't it? Um, mm. Which is... Uh... Strange saying, but but it is it is true, isn't it? Um, yeah. I, actually, I actually wanted to to ask you about your book, um, the, the Digital Demon. So that brings us on quite nicely to that. Actually, um, yeah. you you've got some different theories, haven't you, about um, various subjects? So, for instance, um, the Greys, what people call the Greys. Yes. Um, you have some theories on on what they they are or or, or what they're not um yeah. could you yeah could, i can elaborate on that yes elaborate on that yeah um yes now it's it's highly possible i mean we've covered the the dead aspect i mean they do look very embryonic these things we call the greys um i i wondered sometimes if it's possible that they are damned souls Mm. trying to find some kind of retribution um some kind of uh, hope through reincarnation uh, fallen angels demons i mean i've also speculated that we have to look at the uh, more 
generally accepted hypothesis of them actually being aliens or being made by a superior race. Mm. Um, oh, I said to Philip yesterday on a program um, with um, a gentleman, a wonderful Christmas here, uh, he had us on his show and we discussed this about them. And I said, well, if we were a superior race and we were interested in the planet and we had the capability, we could build um, little men, not in the sense of mechanically, but if you're so advanced biologically. Mm. So is it possible that a superior race has made them to act as their eyes and ears themselves mm. and dispatch them to Earth to analyze us? I mean, there's that uh, hypothesis. Um, uh, and we are talking perhaps even interdimensional because I find it hard to believe that they're actually coming from outer space at the moment with so much equipment we have up there. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and uh, telescopes more freely available, mm. you know, and, and technology so advanced, they're finding some other way of penetrating the earth. And the big question is about these, are they here for the good? Now, what makes me laugh about this, Craig, mm. is that I'm not being facetious or detrimental to the people who believe there is some kind of federation, which I don't believe at all. I don't believe in any kind of federation. I believe in them being here because I've seen them and I've seen their what we call their ships or their electronic eyes. Um, are they here for the good? Now, when I researched this, I looked in, let's go back to the basics of the 50s and 60s when you had um experiences or abductees alleged abductees who met them these nordics the beautiful blonde-haired blue-eyed ones yeah, yeah and they were yeah. preaching they were preaching to them this is what i couldn't work out myself and i've written about this in my book they were preaching the aliens about the their concerns for atomic then and now nuclear yeah. warfare and they kept harping on about this well my argument was um that why would they approach people of non-governmental influence and secondly if they're so advanced and they're so concerned because this was such a grave matter mm. they could just whip around and nullify them mm. all of them across the world we build more which we will do because the human race will not give up they do the same and we think oh hang on a minute we don't know what's happening they're useless we can't build them they've won craig mm. they've won the game they didn't so I assume this may have well been a deception. Mm. And this is where it gets very dark with these so-called greys when people suggest they're here for the good of mankind. I do not feel they're here for the good of mankind. I'm not saying they're going to openly attack us or destroy us. They could have done that years ago quite swiftly. It's not that, it's something else. But I would consider their modus operandus to be anything but nice. Yeah, because of course, other than in Hollywood films, um, you, you're quite right. They they never land on the the lawn of the White House and 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 go and speak to the president of the United States, or or they don't land at the gates of Downing Street and ask to go and speak to whoever the prime minister is at the time. So they they, they do tend to um, uh, abduct people who are you know with all due respect not as important as as some other people in in our government and our society yeah. so so that's an interesting point and it's also an interesting point actually about what you mentioned about them looking like embryos because i've never thought of that but mm. now it makes total sense <laughs> um yes yes i mean why you see they're snatching us uh beyond our consent there's no consent they're doing this yeah and what i've read cases of people who have first seen them and they're horrified and then they come out and say oh you know it's for the betterment of 
my own spirituality mm. you know they're teaching me things i don't believe that at all no. I, d I think it's like what's in vogue you know whatever's in vogue you know if people more sway to the opinion that they're nice a lot of people are going to write books about them being nice yeah. if people if it's a balance isn't it if more yeah. people feel they're negative they're going to sway to that you can't win with it i have always been set of the opinion that even though the doctors weren't nasty they had a mission some kind of agenda there was something there and they were very clever very smart even knowing my name so if they know my name and they know the preferences as you rightly said craig they plucked out the cheshire cat perhaps as a comfort thing it might be possible or as an insurance policy they knew me very well so they know us very well and this gets into cloning because as we're on the matter of the greys another issue which i have is of this hybridization this hybrids now i don't discount that they may have if they are what they are scientists they would of course experiment with dna with genetics it's it's possible they've done a few but when you read or hear about people saying that they uh eventually plan and come on it, it, we've heard it to colonize the world with this superior breed of hybrids I draw a line on that because the hybrids who allegedly have been made by them or genetically nurtured by them are announcing their hybrids. Now, if I was a superior, if I was a superior force and I had created an army, I'm hardly going to tell them they're from my own hand. I'm not going to tell them. Why would they tell them? Why would they broadcast to them that they are hybrids? Would it be far better to keep it secret? Yeah, it would. Absolutely um so we, we a lot of people who um claim to have been uh, abducted and and there's there's numerous um examples um and i wouldn't want to ask you to name a particular example but what i'm getting from you ronald is 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 that you're not convinced by a lot of um reports of people the way that the abductions happen um especially mm. the ones where, where people claim that, um, you know, the, the in inverted commas, these aliens are here to, uh, to better the human race. They're here for, for our benefit rather than for other nefarious purposes. Um, would you say then that, that you're, you're leaning towards the fact that they're here for, for um, you know, purposes that are not going to... Um, benefit the human race and also the fact that you know they um the abductees tend to tend to say that that they are uh friendly towards them they are benevolent towards them do you, do you feel that in a lot of cases that's simply not not the case yes because as i said the research i've done and this is in black and white of the abductees who were preached by the aliens mm. that their concerns for atomic and nuclear warfare came to absolutely nothing so then we find a wave or this new fad of and i'll say it bluntly of them now concerned with environmental issues yeah. and you can bet your bottom dollar they're not going to do anything this is a train this is a pattern which is consistent in deception you know and why are they doing this it's as if they're trying to keep us looking one way when we should be really looking another and i'm not saying they're here to colonize and dominate the world they could have done that quite easily and swiftly you know years ago 
And if they wish to exterminate us, they could do it in a second, I would imagine. All they need to do is release some kind of superior germ and we're dead. But they haven't. And this is troubling. You know, so, yes, I tend to find that I, I'm not... Uh, painting everyone with the same brush, you understand, as mm. far as abductees are concerned. I do believe a lot of people are taken by them. But with the subject, it can be embellished. Because it can't be measured or proved, some people are having a field day with it, you know? Yeah. Um, you see, what's interesting also is uh, the fact that the aliens themselves have changed, haven't they, quite swiftly. We were heavily into the 50s the nordics were quite popular yeah and then yeah. then we have we had some vague impressions of the greys but they didn't become popular until steven spielberg released his close encounters of the third kind film i know they were friendly in that but mm. the overall image of them became very popular now is it possible that this force is able to look at our trends our fads and fancies and build on them you see what I mean? Mm. If they can manipulate the mind, they can do anything. And this is frightening. If yeah. they're the greys now, what are they to be in the future? Are they going to change again? It's they're always one step ahead. This is not based on my own thought. This is other brilliant researchers who have uh, realized a pattern of progression that's always one step ahead of us from the dirigibles, the air airships that were first in the sky before we could create them, to the aircrafts, to the rockets, to the saucers, to now the triangular ships. You know, it, it's, 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 it's quite disturbing, mm. and very, but very intriguing all the same. As to what they want, I couldn't tell you. I have no idea what they are, I couldn't tell you. But I think it's absolutely wonderful that we have this speculation. It's rather like a jigsaw puzzle with all these pieces and you try and put them together, and what the aliens do is they just they just shuffle the board. It's all gone again. You know they leave you no evidence, no proof, and um, it, it, they, I think they're having a wonderful time, whatever they are, because they know that we're always beaten in terms of proof, and we're laughed at. And you know this taboo subject of them must be absolutely wonderful, uh, uh, considering their elusive agenda. I mean, I mentioned them being perhaps possibly the dead. It is a possibility. Mm -hmm. I know some people have laughed at that, but we can't. It's no more fantastic than saying that they are coming from outer space, as far as we are concerned, you know, until we become comfortable or until we are visited. And it's, it, it's solid proof of being, um, you know, befriended by these mm. aliens from, a, from across the stars. We're going to just consider it taboo. Yeah, so it, it's almost as if they are um, presenting themselves in, in almost whatever's in fashion um, yes. at, at the time. So, so yeah, you sort of mentioned um, the 50s and the 60s and then coming through now to, to the big thing is, is, is environmental concerns, isn't it? Um, yeah. You know, from, from going from, from, the, um, from the Cold War of the, the 60s and 70s and the 80s when they were... They seem to be um, focusing on, as you quite quite rightly said, you know, the nuclear power stations, nuclear weapons, that sort of thing. Mm. Um, just just going right right back then to sort of like one of the earliest um, documented um, UFO um, incidents that we've had, of course, is is Roswell, and I believe that that you've got some interesting theories on Roswell in the book. Yeah. Yes. Um... Of course, that's the, the crown jewel of the UFO 
paradox, isn't it? The Roswell incident of 1947. Now, I'm very proud to have published a, a theory in that, uh, which was done in March of 2021. And Jack Vallée in May afterwards, his book, Trinity, came out, where he suggested that the crash ship was a gift. I had suggested before him that it was a Trojan horse, because I kept thinking about if this was true, which I believe an exotic craft did crash there, something of magnitude did land there to have created such an interest from the military. Mm. It wasn't a weather balloon. We know that. We know. Um, was that fact that if it could traverse the immensity of space, uh, bypassing all the horrors of it, all interdimensional, how on earth could it just crash or be brought down by lightning? I didn't believe it. So I kept thinking this was planned. This was staged. The crew inside were probably grown or made to act as pilots. Um, the technology in there was perhaps of the superior race who did this. So it was it was directed down in a little fashion, a play, uh, somewhere remote, you know, where the military could find it. I mean, you can't exactly land it in the town. It never happens, you know. So this is this is just a clue. It's intent for, for covering, you know, the technology. Mm. But I assumed, what if it was a Trojan horse? Now, we are going to criticise the military, but I don't think we should really. Now, thinking about it recently, uh, we can't blame them because this, if it was, which I suspect it was, a ship from another world or off-world craft, they're hardly going to announce it. They did to begin with, but then they had to retract and we'll understand why they had to retract to say it was a weather balloon because we must understand the political sensitivity at the time across the world. Mm -hmm. If China and Russia and others realized that the United States had in their possession the remnants of an alien craft, it would be absolute hell mm. because their, their backs would go up and they'll think, well, why is it crashed there? Why is the United States so special to have gained that technology? And secondly, they'll be cautious and guarded over what they might attain from it in time. Weaponry, biomechanical uh, equipment, uh, germ warfare, you see, they couldn't announce that the military did the right thing. I'm going to get flack for this, but they did. Mm. They did the right thing in playing silent. And as they say, silence is golden. So if this was deliberately downed, why? And the only thing that came to mind was what it contained, something it contained. The bodies were expendable, evidently, I assume. This is my own hypothesis of it. They were just created to pilot the ship. I doubt if the crew... Uh, had any knowledge of where they were going really or what their mission was they were just designed and built to drive the vessel and this gave it this illustration of this craft being from another world but was it you see we go a step further that could it be something else as we said this deception of playing out this thing uh, appearing as a vessel from another world with alien bodies when it could be something else. You know, is this something much darker? This is what I said, Craig. Mm. I'm open to all forms of speculation. I think if you look at everything from whether they're from outer space, from under the water, from interdimensional, from Antarctica, you know, from all manner of possibilities we're going to get somewhere but the trouble with this subject is that you have people who are tunnel visioned now another thing i will say about these aliens is all right if they're coming from the future 
I'm not going to doubt that, but they're not coming here to harvest us uh, for some kind of uh, Noah's Ark salvation, biological, for the future if they've lost their way. They wouldn't pick this time. And the reason why, I assume, is because we are respectfully put soiled, mm. uh, biologically soiled. They would pick a point when we had cured most diseases, mm. when we were purified. That's where they would uh, head towards in a time frame. So the, the fact of these aliens coming back to take DNA didn't make any sense to me. No. It's interesting um, what you were saying about um, the, the craft at Roswell. Um, and yeah. And, and the, the, the US military keeping it quiet. Um, because if, if you were sat in the Kremlin and you were suddenly told that um, an alien spacecraft had landed in, in America and the, the American military were taking it apart bit by bit, you're quite right in, in, in saying that they would be worried, concerned, frightened. Um, and and would possibly want to um, want to have a preemptive strike in order to stop uh, any massive um, you know technological advances being taken by, yes. by by the US military. So that's that's yeah that's that's a very interesting theory. So so you don't think then like like some some theories are that um, some of the, the the rapid technological advances that we've made over the last. Uh, 50 60 years so microchips and and various other things didn't originate from these crashed crafts they're they're something that we've just developed on our own and and it's not based on alien technology what what how would you feel about about that statement i i wouldn't i wouldn't say so i it it is highly possible that certain aspects of it have been utilized Mm. i mean the transistor jumped from then to the microprocessor you know you know so we move on from there we don't know i can't prove that Mm. um i do remember reading uh some testimonies from people who allegedly came across the bodies but we have to be very careful how we approach that the autopsy the alien autopsy they showed on tv i'm gonna rub some people up the wrong way i did not believe it Mm. i did not believe that they have they had the bodies but those were not the ones i'm sorry i don't believe that because it it's a red herring and it's we always led up the garden path and this is what they want they want to completely keep throwing these things out so we're completely thrown i would imagine if the military had come across those bodies they were so different it would have been so shocking Mm. to them so shocking Mm. you know to have found this piece of equipment with these assumed pilots most of them were dead i believe one survived we can't clarify that in fact the whole thing is washed in conspiracy so we can't prove a damn thing but one thing we do have is uh evidence of a heavy military outfit being sent there and they wouldn't do that for a weather balloon especially when children were picking them up and getting paid some bucks for finding these mogule balloons that happen to just wash up on land, you know? So something very bizarre happened. But as I said, as I said, I do not blame them. We have to, we have to look at this very carefully. Of course, they'll deny everything. Even, even today, they'll deny it. But we, we have to understand why they did that, especially at that time as well. I think even today, if something crashed there, they'd cover it up. Yeah. So do you think that there's been crashes in, in other places in the world other parts of the world um yes i do i think that's highly possible but of course like the americans they're going to keep it quiet aren't they they're going to keep it quiet i think snippets come out from witnesses 
sometimes there are lucky uh, uh, people who actually see portions of wreckage. Mm. Um, oh, and, and that's what I came to the conclusion of. You see, if they were, which I suspect, dropping these things over the world, they would have to look different. The ships would have to look different. The pilots would have to look different from the research I've done they did so that they wouldn't raise eyebrows with anyone, that these look like they were coming from different species when it might be possible yeah. it's coming from one that's yeah. doing this so as not to raise suspicion, you know, and if so, why? I can't tell you. I mean, you. I know where you're leading on with this, Craig. The future, a cybernetic horror, you know, is it possible that we're to become prisoners uh, under this tech? Um, it would seem so because, you know, the way the world's going at the moment, it doesn't look very good. It's going to be marvelous in a technological aspect, mm. but it's going to be a Frankenstein future. Are these things patient and waiting for this to happen? We don't know. We can't say. Are they helping us? I don't think so. You know, it, 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 I, I don't think they're helping us in that respect because everything is concealed. It's it's. A, a, a denoted as a lie from our own people mm. even the military covering it up you know i've explained why but it's as if it, it, it has created paranoia that's the word it's paranoia and reluctance for a lot of people even then to come out with this so you know it doesn't sound good to me what are your feelings on um reptilians yes i have a friend and um, he's a, a a sound gentleman, his name is Frank Willis, and he has seen one of these. Okay. And he's a sound, intelligent gentleman, mm. and numerous other people have seen them. Uh, I personally haven't, um, not in the physical sense, um, but I do believe that there is something to them. Um, I remembered reading, I wished I could find out who it was, uh, this religious gentleman, he was a hotel tycoon in the US, and um, he had to remain anonymous due to his profile, but he went on holiday with his family, um, you know, in the wilderness. Yeah. And yeah. They, they were camping up for a weekend and he happened to see this circle of people way down below performing some kind of ceremony. And this reptilian appeared in the center of it. So it's as if they had summoned it. It's only going by what he said. I can't prove this is true or not, although I suspect it might be. And this thing seemed to know they were watching it through their binoculars and it shot right up to them. It came up and it paralyzed them, you see. It was very interested in the women, but it basically told them, I think from what I can remember, is that if you, if you go now, I'll do nothing to you, it won't be harmed, but you're not going to send anything about this. It's very bizarre, you know, these things, these reptilians, they pop up everywhere. I don't believe everything um, about them. You have to be careful. But certainly with the military as well, I believe I've written an account of a, a gentleman in the army. I think he was stationed in Germany at the time where I was allowed to use this, but I had kept him anonymous. This is through Christopher Turner as well, um, the producer of Don't Mention the Reptilians, a wonderful man. Mm. Lovely chap. It's, uh, or it would help you out with anything if you needed uh, to source uh, material. But this gentleman had seen one in the barracks. You know, it was camouflaged rather like the Predator. And it just so happened this army officer had woken up in the barracks and the sun was glinting through the windows, particularly where it was hanging the sun, that it betrayed this thing. And he could see it was like one of these reptilians that had a belt on it with these kind of bullet-shaped objects 
running around it. And he wondered if that was part of its camouflage technique, but it didn't harm him. It just put him back to sleep, but it alarmed him. So, you know, we, we, we read about these reptilians popping up everywhere in military uh, bases as well. And if they're in there, why are they in there? It's quite alarming, isn't it? You know, where they trying to uh, figure out you know the the current militaristic form of that particular regiment you know you don't know and why but i i do believe in them yes they they would they they come under the demonic aspect mm. you know the demons you know yeah. uh, you see this is again we're looking at this from different species you know some people believe there are so many hundreds of species whereas i'm wondering if we're being tricked or deceived you know we, we they're there they're, they're they're physically there but they can infiltrate places and appear as different. Uh, I mean, before the Greys were popular and the Nordics in the 50s, I did realize prior to that, there was a smattering of different kind of aliens. I noticed this in, in terms of their appearance, the goblins, you know, fairies and, and all, come, all manner of strange looking things until it was set in stone to a degree after the Nordics with the Greys, they were set in stone. So it makes me wonder if we're actually dealing with one or many of them. Yeah, and and it, it makes me wonder whether if it is one species, then are they um, uh, sort of manipulating us to see them in, in a particular form? Um, or if it is a, a, a number of different species, then obviously they're quite diverse and quite different. Um, it's interesting you talk about the reptilians um, because obviously I, I chatted with with your brother about this um, only last week and he had some really interesting theories um, and, and of course we mentioned a certain um, uh, famous um, Mr Ike who, who has some quite uh, strong theories about the reptilians and about what what they're here for I mean do you do you hold to those theories that that they are um sort of pulling the strings as it were from from higher up um in 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 our governments for instance um, yeah I, I i do agree with him on that but i don't i don't agree on what they're saying in terms of people i think this is an independent force if it's if this is true if this is a a ring of them or, or a number of them here they would be independent of people they'd be able to control them because yeah. we must remember that we must remember if there's if you were a superior race and you arrived on a planet or you interdimensional or through space to a select group of elite people they're going to bend over backwards for you and they'll do it with a smile mm. you know because you're technologically advanced you're wiser in their eyes of course they're going to um, shoot people with a smile or you know they will do you know because they feel enforced and and godly in the presence of these beasts so i don't i can't say for certain but it wouldn't surprise me um i, I mean i have great respect for david i always have and he's a lovely man and he's 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 very on the ball um and one thing that betrays his brilliance is the fact of them banning him on certain platforms which mm. we shan't mention yeah. and i think that's quite unfair i think that's very unfair mm. because everyone should voice opinions freely because if you don't we have seen now and this is troubling me about mm. what's happening we're now beginning to see and people don't want to hear it the rise of a fascist state mm. and it is becoming a fascist state because when you're denied 
the freedom of speech that becomes a problem yeah. you know and this is where barriers are building suspicion rises yeah, so we are dealing with a very deceptive um pool of thought perhaps even from the government yeah. i mean let's be honest they lie already they've they've been proven to lie yeah you know they lie all the time you know we we've seen the past with history of leaders not all but a good deal of them who are corrupt power mad and yeah. and and imperious and aloof and completely completely di disregard the working class or those below them you yeah. know they, they become they self-elected gods so if someone's pulling their strings or they know something some ancient uh, religion or some ancient kind of uh, ancestry that belongs to something else i think you know what i mean by that yeah. then yes yeah. they will do it they'll do it with a smile so you know it, it, it doesn't help you see everything at the moment i'm finding as i get older we're having our own politicians lie to us mm. we're having people lie and when that happens i believe order cracks yeah. it begins yeah. to break down the media itself is fascist mm. because i've noticed this and certainly the rise of it in the past four years mm. i will say four years yeah. it's got yeah. very bad where control is becoming a problem they are narrowing down and focusing on certain things that shouldn't be said and i think it's a terrible thing yeah. so and, and on top of that we have this this extraordinary force uh that's infiltrating the earth that they they will not acknowledge now that uh, press release uh they were pushed to do uh analyzing the actual ufo problem mm. was an absolute joke yeah and i said yeah. this before it was a, a farce mm. i read through that document philip mantle my publisher wonderful man he sent me that and i read it and i couldn't believe it at the end of this apparent alleged disclosure form which was anything but um did they start from i think it was if i remember correctly 2014 they started this 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 approach to the present day they yeah. wouldn't acknowledge the past <laughs> they had to drum something up you see they were under pressure so they had to drum something up very quickly and they did and we were all excited yes we all were but imagine my absolute anger after reading that yeah you know yeah. at the end it says but there might is it possible you know it reminds me of the old arthur c clark programs i used to watch on um the mysterious world of arthur c clark i think it was called when i was a kid yeah. now arthur c clark he's a genius don't get me wrong but on this program even back then about mysteries he'd he'd blow up this wonderful balloon as the program persisted of these mysteries he'd blow this balloon right up you watch it rising and then at the end it stick a pin in it mm. so it's rather like that you know we we get these pins and they burst the balloons every time so i don't have faith in our government at all i think the constitution is collapsing if they carry on this way it's going to falter i went i will wonder when these fools realize that even rome the greatest empire the earth ever saw was reduced to dust in the end yeah. you know do they really think they're going to win yeah yeah no it's, it's it's a fair point and i'm i'm married to a history teacher um and she uh constantly draws historical parallels um to the way that society is um at the minute and and not not just in this country but across the world um and one thing we are very good at i think as a species is repeating our mistakes we don't seem to ever learn from them um and, and i think that's that's quite an interesting point um 
what 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 are you looking at at the moment then what's what what's your sort of area of um uh of investigation at the minute what what projects have you got on on the go or or what projects will you know are you looking at, yeah. at, at doing in the future um well i'm currently working on a a, a science fiction uh book because i love science fiction and people will say you're imaginative mm. i've had it craig i've had it don't i don't even go there <laughs> i'm working on a science fiction book to do with ai artificial intelligence the horrors that avenue may take yeah. it's been done yeah. to death it's an old tune i know but mine has a twist in it okay. and i'm also working on a sequel of the digital demon it's not to cash in on on anything because when you're in the ufo um uh, branch you don't make much money from your books and that you know it, it, no. it's not about the money that's absolutely true people say oh he's in it for the money you don't make much money from them i want no. to get the message out as many other people do i'm working on a book uh, based on this is my interest you of psychic awareness of i've had some very strange things happen to me uh, as of late um uh, to do with uh, premonitions okay um, Yes, only a few, they're sporadic, they have no control, but a number of them have come true. Um, I know people will say it's coincidence. I don't believe in coincidence. I don't believe that at all. Um, they are illustrated in my book. Uh, I've already published them in The Digital Demon. Um, the uh, events that I have seen, I've even had proof from people that these have happened. So I'm looking into that, um, studying it, looking into the, this, this incredible paradox you know, of, of foresight, even though I have no control over it. And as I said, it's brief and sporadic. It's sporadic. Um, it just happens, and very rarely. Uh, but when I see it, my goodness, I do see it. So do, do you think that you have um, any particular psychic abilities then, or mediumship abilities or anything like that? Or do these premonitions just, just come? I went to see a medium 25 years ago when my grandmother died mm. and she was incredible. Um, let's let's remove the taboo. I think, uh, it, you know, you, you get the good, the bad and the ugly. I was fortunate to have a damn good medium. She worked for the FBI. She did work for them, you see. They won't announce it either uh, because, as I said, it's taboo. But I saw her and she brought everything through. I couldn't believe it. It was a slap in the face I needed before, prior to researching the UFOs. But she told me, that in my 40s, I would develop psychically. We are all, I believe, psychic. I think we all have it. It's just trying to attune to it or recognizing it, I think. Mm. Yeah. Um, but yeah. but it, it wasn't my 40s when it started, it was my 50s. So like everything with me, I'm a late learner or a late starter. <laughs> so, you know, it's a bit late, but it, 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 it seemed, and it isn't through the will of doing it. This is just happening. Mm. And it's very subtle to recognize the science is, is very subtle and you have to trust it as well. I can't explain it, but as I said, I've documented it in my book anyway, certain events that occurred. You're certainly right about the fact that, you, that um, it's certainly not a road to riches um, writing books on, on the subject of UFOs and indeed the paranormal as, as I've found yeah. myself. It's, uh, it's something that, that, you know, you, you're obviously very similar to, to me in the fact that, that you do it because because you want to do it and and you do it because you enjoy doing it and and you, you know you want to explore these these big questions um how, how can people get in contact with you ronald what, what what's the best way to to contact with you uh i am on facebook um under ronald kinsella 
and we Philip and I have a website because I'm an artist as well I've always had this flair for art and it's it's boded very well you know because with this UFO uh, subject I'm able now to illustrate people's ideas of the greys or these aliens mm -hmm. and the reptilians so the website has got a lot of my images on there pictures um I have done I've as I said I've turned digital recently the last eight years now I've I've, I've I won't go back to traditional acrylic or watercolor because that's messy and expensive whereas digital is cheaper mm. in the long run and it's much more effective mm. and the website is at www.thekinsellatwins.com that's k-i-n-s-e-l-l-a twins.com and on there you can see about myself and philip um the artwork as i said are books and also some information about the paranormal. Philip Mantle is also listed on there under his Flying Disc Press. And I will say to the listeners, that if you want to read some good books by him, and he's a man of absolute integrity, um, if you visit there and go on Philip's uh, page, Philip Mantle, you'll see a link to all the books there. So if you have any interest in UFOs or the paranormal, it's all there. He's, he's got many books based on this subject. And they're, they're written by intelligent uh, people, some scientists as well you know who are looking into this paradox and who are just wonderful so it's nice to have them on our side as well yeah i've um i've spoken to, to philip myself i interviewed philip last year and um and yeah he, he was uh, he was a really interesting guy and and he does some great work so uh so yeah i i, I always um i always uh advise people to go and have a look at his work as well so so yeah that's uh, that's good stuff um well best of luck with with your future project best of luck with uh, with your next book um it's been really interesting talking to you i'm i'm, I'm really grateful for you to come uh for, you know that 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 you've come on the uh come on the podcast and uh best of luck in the future ronald thank you very much great it's a pleasure to be here with you as well and thank you very much for your time you're welcome pleasure's been all mine thank you thanks to ronald for coming on this episode of the paranormal pendle podcast you can visit my website at www.craigbryant.co.uk. Paranormal Pendle will return, and remember to keep watching the shadows. <laughs> <laughs>